0: all right, Jimmy, out here on the Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers YouTube channel, and again, it is more divisional previews today. We look at the NFC East, and Brady Cannon and Randy McKay join us uh, for our our divisional previews. And guys, this time last year, the NFC East was viewed as maybe one of the weakest divisions in football. Nobody was better uh, last year. First of all, they were a collective 20 games over five hundred. Nobody had a losing record. Washington was 8-8-1, and and uh, they were the NFC's representative in the Super Bowl and very close uh, to take it at all. Three of the teams made it to the playoffs last year as well. And uh, so that's, that's the first thing. And nobody was even close. The second closest was the highly respected AFC North, which is a collective nine games over 500. So Brady, we'll start with you. Some general thoughts about the NFC East.
2: Well, I I think they're going to regress a little bit. Uh, I don't expect Washington to be even a 500 team. And I think the team that's really set up for regression is the New York Giants. You know, they did a lot of it with smoke and mirrors last year. And, you know, I think Brian Dayball did a heck of a job. He won coach of the year. He deserved it, but... A lot of what he was able to mask last year, I think, ought to come back to haunt them uh, somewhat this year. And I don't think they'll make the playoffs. Now, on the other hand, I think Dallas might be improved. And Philly, as the Super Bowl loser, could regress a little bit. I think it's a battle, certainly, between Dallas and Philadelphia. But I don't think you're going to get three teams in again this year.
0: And, and Randy, we'll talk about when we're trying to project schedules as well. And the, uh, the, it, it, it's, a, it's a year-to-year league. We can get an idea; it does help. A lot of people are focusing more on uh, who the, the the starting quarterbacks will be for the teams uh, on their schedule to try and get an accurate depiction of uh, how tough that schedule will be. Uh, but this is a classic division where it was perceived as being really soft, and it was a really um, it was a pretty tough. With that being said, Philadelphia Eagles. It sure looks like they're gonna have a tougher schedule than they did last year. It's they were they were rolling up and give them credit. Uh, it's the NFL. Nothing's easy, but they had some teams where they were just clearly they clearly outclassed some of their competition last year.
1: Yeah, and we did the uh pod last year, you, me and Aaron Redding, and we read this division quite well. We did real well with our bets and everything. This division has which they maybe won't request as far as Brady thinks. They well, they have the best defensive lines probably of any division. Their defensive lines, you know, even like Washington might have the best defensive line in the whole division. But uh, all all four de- all four teams in this division very strong on the defensive line, and a couple of them are real strong on the offensive line. So we we'll have to wait and see. But they do play a lot harder schedule than they did last year.
0: All right, let's start with the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's give out the divisional odds first of all. And yeah, we jumped on that Philly plus. I think it was like a plus at eighty-five, right around plus plus two dollars uh, last year, with uh, with Dallas being a big favorite. And when the left tackle went out for Dallas, I really uh, got all over it. Philadelphia is the favorite to win the division, minus one twenty-five. Dallas second choice, plus one ninety. The Giants plus seven fifty, and Washington. 13 to 1. The NFC East again. Philly is 11 and a half, shaded to the under, minus 134. To win the Super Bowl, their second choice at 7 to 1. Uh, to win the NFC, they are the favorite at 3 to 1. The playoffs, yes is minus $5, no is plus 370. Jalen Hurts to be the MVP, and he may have a little build up here. Uh, so, and had he not gotten hurt last year, how close would he have been, or would he have gotten it uh, at a much bigger price? 11 to 1, he is fourth choice to win the MVP. Most rushing touchdown. He's first. He's first. And uh, the abating the runner is still. You can't pull the runner, but you can still do the, the bush push. He's eight to one to have the most rushing TDs. That's first choice in the NFL. AJ Brown, most receiving yards, twenty to one, most receiving touchdowns. AJ Brown is ten to one. The Eagles, the favorite to win the NFC, Brady.
2: Well, i tell you, the Super Bowl loser I I believe in, uh, I I think it is something that you do have to really take into account. And you look at the numbers historically, and and it plays out. But just think about it, too. You know, you you climb that mountain all the way and then you come up short. It's really tough to regroup yourself and and do it all over again. If you look at, uh, you mentioned the schedule. Uh, They played a very easy schedule in 2022. They faced a number of backup quarterbacks. They also caught a lot of teams who had some stars injured. Everything went well. The Eagles had really good injury luck and you would expect that out of a team that makes a run to the Super Bowl. You wonder if some defensive coordinators will have picked up on how to maybe rattle Jalen Hurts a little bit. He is at his worst when he faces zone coverage and when you're able to flush him and throw from out of the pocket. You wonder if you'll see more teams try to do that this year. Uh, The running game should be very good, if not better. Uh, You guys talked about it, a tremendous offensive line here. Top five receiving core in my estimation. Possibly a downgrade at defensive and offensive coordinators as those both guys move on to head coaching positions. Now, they do have a couple of high draft choices, rookies, along that defensive line uh, in hopes of replacing Hargrave. Uh, And they should be good. They're high draft choices, but again, they are rookies. Um, We mentioned the schedule gets much more difficult and you know you just have to wonder if they're going to have a hiccup at all because they had uh, such a smooth run with lack of injury and what have you in 2022 uh just some of the numbers here they were 3 and 0 in field goal games 7 and 1 in one score games plus 8 in turnover margin plus 26 in sack margin and like i say they had great injury luck so that, that could come back to the pack a little bit. That could regress a little bit. I, I think they're a very good team, and uh, I, but at the same time, I do believe they will soften up a little bit versus what they did last year. They were a real powerhouse. We talked about the easy schedule. They looked like a powerhouse against some real weaklings in the NFL. So I, I would expect them to come back just a little bit. And I think they're a play against in week one. I actually teased the New England Patriots up to plus 10 and a half. And and I talked about Super Bowl losers. In week one, they're 8 and 10 straight up and 4 and 14 against the spread since 2005. And also teams that finish in the top five in scoring offense, 33, 40, and 3 against the spread in week one since 2008. I'll also reference the division prices that you mentioned at Bet Rivers, Randy, uh, or excuse me, um, Jimmy, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles at minus 125 and Dallas at plus 190. I think there's a smaller gap between that. Uh, you know, I don't think there's a whole heck of a lot of difference between Dallas and Philadelphia this year. I think Dallas may be slightly improved. Philly off the Super Bowl loss, maybe slightly regressed. Uh, so I, I think that division price uh, ought to be a little bit closer, in my opinion.
0: Randy, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, you've also kind of uh, highlighted uh, week one, that matchup against New England.
1: Yeah, very impressive start for this Nick Ceriani, first two years. I mean, two playoff appearances, one to the Super Bowl. Could have easily won that Super Bowl, but now he's got to, re- you know, Super Bowl hangovers in place. Now he's got to replace both coordinators. Of course, one of them's the offensive coordinator. Nader's na- his name, is uh, name, Brian Johnson, not the uh, ACDC guy. So we'll see uh, what he brings to the table. Probably about the same thing as Steichen, but uh, we'll go from there. And they got a, you know, they got the number one offensive line in my rankings, you know, four pro bowlers on there. So if the regression's coming, it's not going to be much. I mean, this team's a powerhouse up front on both sides. So, you know, and Hertz had a big year running and passing you know, the key's going to be to these teams, keeping them inside the pocket. And uh, that's always a chore, not letting them get, get those breakaway runs or those long passes downfield. You know, so I have, yeah, I have noticed a, a few scheduling spots as well, like Brady does. I like New England. I like them just straight up in that first game, probably, and uh, take a little shot both ways, money line and side. And uh, I had one other play against spot, I think it was on week, uh, on 12-17, which is week 14 versus Seattle. Uh, they got a division sandwich spot where they have to travel out to Seattle, a team I'm pretty high on. We'll get to that later. And uh, actually one play on spot in the rematch, two weeks similar there. They, they're they at home, supposedly a three-point favorite against uh, the 49ers, you know that was a playoff matchup from a year before but the 49ers have a tough scheduling spot there so that's one play on spot for the eagles to play against i think there's some super bowl hangover you know if they they have a week 10 bye if they get to that 6 and 4 7 and th- or 6 and 3 7 and two they'll be in you know good shape but uh i think there's a lot of spots where they're not going to cover those uh big 7 point spreads so uh There's some bet against them this team this year with the Super Bowl hangover.
0: You know, Brady brings up that uh, stat, too, about the sacks. The sacks, sacks, I mean, it was was a recipe for a lot of sacks. Be careful if you go on with a lot of those guys over. I mean, those big leads and late in the game, the other team, they know they're passing. They don't respect the running game at all, and that's where a lot of those sacks, uh, you know, come into play. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. And the Dallas Cowboys went to San Francisco and were right there. Tight, tight game till Brock Purdy connected with a couple of, uh, of big plays and uh, put them in scoring position. They're um, uh, to win a Super Bowl, 15-1. That's sixth overall choice. Over-under is 9.5. That is uh, heavily shaded to the over at minus 167. Uh, NFC, they are third choice at plus 650 to make the playoffs, minus 210. Might be uh, it's interesting there. Maybe a little lighter than I thought. The no is plus one seventy. Dak Prescott MVP twenty-two to one, most passing yards sixteen to one. Michael Parsons Defensive Player of the Year. He's the favorite at five to one. C.D. Lamb most receiving yards at twenty to one. Tony Pollard his 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 touches supposed to go up. Most rushing yards twenty to one. Can he handle the wear and tear of the increased workload? And Trayvon Diggs, he's a risk taker. Most interceptions eight to one. He's the favorite there. How about them Cowboys, Brady?
2: Well, you know, you talk about Tony Pollard and the increased workload. I think the offensive coordinator situation is very interesting and combined with the fact that Mike McCarthy is going to call the plays. And I'm not so sure that's a good thing. And you talk about the increased workload for Tony Pollard, and I would agree with that with Mike McCarthy's philosophy. You think he wants to pound the running, running game. Um, but without Ezekiel Elliott in the lineup, will they throw the ball more? Uh, So I think that's a question mark, and I think it would behoove them to throw the ball more, especially in early downs, uh, than just handing it off all day long. But McCarthy may be too stubborn to do that. We'll have to see. They have a really good receiving core with CeeDee Lamb you talked about. They bring in Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup. um, Very good offensive line, great defensive line, uh, strong secondary, excellent pass rush. Um, I, I think there may be some value on the Cowboys winning the division, and we talked about it when we were talking about the Eagles. I think that price is, is a little bit too large of a gap there with Philly at minus money, minus 125, Dallas almost two to one. I could see it more like even money and plus 150. I think they're a little bit closer than the odds makers may think there. Um, possible regression here for the Cowboys, but it's kind of offset by another thing here. You've got plus 10 in turnover margin, plus 27 in sack margin, they were one-and-one one in field goal games, five-and-two in one-score games, but the other, it could go the other way for Dak Prescott, who led the NFL in interceptions. He should improve upon that in 2023, so a little vice versa going there with some things that could regress in both directions. Um, week one, I think, is very interesting for this Cowboys team. They will travel to New York to play the Giants. Prescott, 27-7 and seven straight up, 25-9 and nine against the spread versus division opponents. But division home dogs in week one, as we probably already know, 19-6-1 straight up, 22-4 against the spread since 2009. So uh, trends go in both directions there in week one for the Cowboys and the Giants. I'll probably stay away from that one. But Overall, I think this Cowboys team ought to be a little bit better than last year. It always comes down to me for uh, the question with McCarthy. I I just don't have a lot of faith in this coach. Offensive line's good, defensive line's great. I think the running game will be decent, great wide receivers, but I, I just feel like every year this coach is gonna find a way to mess it up at some point.
0: You know, the Dallas Cowboys, another thing you can add, Randy, is quarterback depth. I mean, you know, that, that opening night, Sunday night loss to uh, Tampa Bay, I'm like, oh, my goodness, the sky is falling. Dax out, they lose, and, well, Cooper Rush did just fine. I mean, he was uh, he was a bit, way better than expected, and they were right there with Philadelphia very late before Philadelphia finally clinched uh, the divisional title. Dallas is plus 190 to win the division um, at uh, and also nine and a half uh, You like Dallas uh, this year to go over that total, Randy.
1: Yeah, I like both of those. And uh, with Brady, I've never been real high on Mike McCarthy. Would, like I've said many times on many shows, I wish Green Bay would have kept him as a coach forever being a Vikings fan. But, but <laughs> didn't, that didn't happen. <laughs> you see him make – he's gotten a little better with the analytics and not making, you know, kicking field goals in the one-yard line and stuff. But uh, he still makes uh, huge mistakes. Uh, we'll see what Schottenheimer brings. You know, Kellen Moore was an up-and-comer. And, uh, you know, the best coordinator they got and a guy that must have had some kind of handshake deal with uh, Jerry Jones is Dan Quinn on the defensive side, was, a, you know, got the line of the Super Bowl and did a very good job in his first shot as a coach. And I think he's a coach in waiting. So we'll see what happens there. Their offensive line, which we uh, tagged last year having a big hole when they lost Smith is now improved. It's up to number six in my rankings. And I think this will help them contend with the Eagles and make that plus 190 live for us. It'll also uh, help us get over the nine and a half wins. We'll see if, uh, of course, the running back Pollard, see if he can, you know, handle all the workload there. They did draft you know, a guy I really like a new, you know, he's almost like a Darren Sproles there and Vaughn. So uh, we'll see how much time he gets there, a little scat back, small guy, and we'll see how much time he gets if you want to look at at a rookie. They get a week seven bye, but they have two tough road games going into the bye that they could be bet against, and that's against San Fran and the LA Chargers. So we'll see how they come out of that. You know, I'm, I'm looking if they, uh, you, know, you know, if they come out of their 4-3, and three, you know, a little better than that, uh, they should be all right for the season. Their defense very strong on the defensive line, like I, I preached before. And of course, Philly has a strong defensive line, which we didn't get into. But, uh, you know, of course, they got Parsons. And they added this rookie, uh, Mazzy Smith from Michigan. He's supposed to be a really good player. And we'll see where that goes and then added Gilmore in the defensive backfield for Dan Quinn. So we we could see this team shutting down some teams pretty well with that defense and being some opportunities where they won't have to rely on McCarthy and Schottenheimer on the offensive end. I I like this defense, and that's why I like this team to have a big year.
0: All right. uh, The New York Giants' uh, win total is 7.5 to win the Super Bowl, is 60-1. to Uh, to win the NFC, twenty-five to one. That's ninth choice to make the playoffs. Plus one seventy. They made the playoffs last year. No, is minus two ten. Saquon Barkley odds to win Offensive Player of the Year, thirty to one. Most rushing yards, sixteen to one. Jalen High at the rookie out of Tennessee, the speedster, Offensive Rookie of the Year. He is thirty-three to one. I agree with you, uh, Brady. That maybe a little smoke and mirrors, but I to me, man, uh, Brian Daybo gives a lot of credit. Uh, for getting as much as he did uh, out of uh out of that unit last year, I always laugh when you read these college media gods and look at the coach credited with this 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 player and this player and this player. I like the one time I want to read a media god said this guy hadn't anybody drafted five years, he still wins nine games a year. You know, what I mean, Day Bowl was that kind of guy. I mean, it, was, it shocked me, man. A game in London against Green Bay. There's so many games that he pulled out of the hat. So. Now they're uh, they're all in with Daniel Jones. You're uh, you think the Giants will regress back a little bit this year?
2: I do, and, and you know that's that's pretty typical. What goes up must come down, and and I'm with you 100%. Jimmy, hats off to Brian Dable. He did a fantastic job, and he really had the atmosphere in the locker room feeling so good about that team. I mean, these guys were fired up. He went for two in week one, if you recall. They win the game. Um, you know, it just seemed like that type of stuff got this team off and running. And they had a fantastic season, but the metrics never matched up, and, and it kind of came to fruition there when we saw it uh, in the playoffs when they were finally bounced out. And, and you just wonder if that type of thing will be able to continue for this team. They won a lot of close one-score games, 2-1 and one in field goal games, 8-4 and four in one-score games. Uh, Dable was really a genius. Maybe the best job he did was managing Daniel Jones. Now, Daniel Jones had the lowest depth of target passing in the NFL last year. And he also brought him into a lot of play action. And you have to believe that that could change this year. Uh, Saquon Barkley was obviously a big threat. Uh, teams were stacking the box. Jones would do the play action, dump off little passes, and they had a great deal of success. You know, in that type of offense. But I have to believe that Jones is going to be asked to throw the ball downfield more often this season, and I think that could spell trouble for the New York Giants offense. The wide receivers are are good. They're not great. They're they're certainly league average. The offensive line is not good. They were 29th last year in pass block uh pass, pass blocking win rate. Um, on defense. We talked about it. The whole division has good defensive lines. This is a very. This might be the weakest in the division, but they're still pretty darn good. I'm a big fan of Kayvon Thibodeau, and I hope he has a good year. Uh, this might be the strongest point of this team is the defensive line. Their schedule gets tougher than last year, uh, but they did have some bad injury luck last year too. So maybe that reverts to the positive. Um, I would say overall, guys, this is a, a very average team and, and the fortune that they experienced last year uh, will probably go by the wayside more so this year and they will regress a little bit. I think their season win total uh makes perfect sense seven and a half I I lean to the under I don't think they'll make the playoffs this year and um uh, just just the party that was 2022 for the New York Giants I think that party's probably waning quite uh, quite a bit and it won't be the same in in
0: 2023 yeah Randy you say that but you know number one media market team so did the Giants do anything and I think I've had played a role in Dayball winning, you know, the coach of the gear over a guy like Sirianni. I mean, my goodness. Uh, but seven and a half. And so they go eight, nine, lose a record and still go over the win total.
1: Yeah. And you have to handicap the voters when you're doing those, uh, doing, oh, no those, doubt. Uh, doing those award markets. And, uh, we know that, uh, from our history and, uh, you have to look into that Dayball, very impressive first season, very aggressive, you know, Brady brought up that, uh, Go for it against the Titans there. That knocked me out of Survivor last year. Oh. Five grand five <laughs> down the tube there the first week uh, on my Survivor. But I'm, I'm loaded back up this year, so we'll see how it goes. But uh, but uh, very the de- offensive line here is a big concern. I got them ranked uh, number 25. We'll see if Evan Neal and uh, this Thomas, they've been okay, but uh, they need to step up for this team you know, get some running game, you know, Dayball's very aggressive coach and we'll see, you know, I watched a little bit of the last preseason game with them and it looked like he had a, a nice rapport with a new uh, weapon, Darren Waller, you know, of course the big thing about Darren Waller, great player, can he stay healthy and play, give you more than, you know, 10 games, you know, he didn't do that last year with the Raiders, otherwise they would have had a way better record, in my opinion, won some of them close games. The schedule's pretty hard for this team. You know, three Monday night, you know, this is what happens. You make the playoffs, you're a big market team. Now you got three Monday night football games, you know, and then you don't have a bye till week 13, which, you know, I'm more of a fan with these younger teams having the bye early. So bye in week 13 is not good. The defense is a strong point. Like you said, defensive line, uh, very good. There were Tibble Lawrence, uh, you know, Williams, Uh, Don Wink-Martindale, one of the better defensive coordinators, one of the better names, too, and uh, likes to blitz, like to put, you know, he's aggressive as well. Uh, I just can't really gauge this team as far as a season-long projection, but I do think they'll cover games. So i at look at them to bet many times as an underdog because Dave will either, either get you the lead or he'll come back. And you'll get some covers with this team, but uh, no early projections and no schedule spots that I see that are concerning except for having a week 13 bye.
0: Seems like Day approach, too, lends itself to close games, win or lose. I mean, you know, he just he, he, he's very controlled. He's not going to overextend his guys. And um, the other thing, though, Jones, man. He takes a lot of hits. I mean, he t- they run him a lot. At some point, he's going to have to uh, decrease, decrease that amount of hits. Talking about taking hits, well, uh, Sam Hall, one of the more memorable – uh, preseason games in a long time. The Beltway Classic, man, it had a little bit of uh, everything. The, uh, the The new owner is into it. I mean, Washington is uh, playing their first string against the third string of Baltimore. Different uh, points in that one. But Howell showed some signs. He manipulates the pocket. He's got good feet. But damn it, he's taking some hits, especially in preseason. And I just, I think that's the thing with him. He's got to stay healthy, and I just don't know with his style of play. But he does upgrade them uh, at quarterback. There's no question about there. They're 80 to 1 to win a Super Bowl. That's 26. Uh, 35 to win the NFC. That's 13th out of 16 teams. So Chase Young, can he stay healthy? Most sacks, 35-1. Defensive player of the year 40 to 1. To make the playoffs plus 305. The no is minus $4. It's a little split opinion here. A little split vote. Brady's got the under and Brandy's got the over six and a half win total for the Washington Commanders.
2: Yeah, my, my first question about this team is Eric Bieniemy, the new offensive coordinator, and I, I wonder what his approach is going to be. Uh, this guy, you know, throughout his career in college and in the pros was a running back. So is he going to make the running game a focal point? You know, you've got a couple of pretty good backs with Robinson and Antonio Gibson, uh, or is he going to you know know what he has known for the last decade or so with the Kansas City Chiefs and, and try and air the ball out? Uh, so I'm not quite sure what uh, the plan is going to be there with Bienemy. I, I tend to think he's going to rely more on the running game and, and try and develop Sam Howell. They've got very good receivers in Terry McLaurin and Johan Dotson. McLaurin did suffer a toe injury in that Beltway Classic that you're talking about on Monday night, Jimmy. And... I love watching Terry McLaurin. He is really good. But you hope you know how these toe injuries go. Sometimes they can be nagging injuries all season long. So I hope he's okay. You you talk about Sam Howell taking hits. The offensive line is not very good. Now, we we talked about it in the open. The defensive line is very, very good. They've got a number of high draft choices across that defensive line. Uh, They drafted a couple of guys to fill in some holes in the secondary. That could certainly help. But again, they are rookies. As far as some of the numbers, they were two and one in field goal games and five and three in one score games, and they had excellent fumble luck. So that could regress. Minus five in turnover margin, minus five in sack margin. And they have the top-rated rest edge on the schedule. They have uh, excellent rest as far as between games, you know, off of a Thursday, that type of thing. They will be rested coming into about just every contest they have this season. So the rest edge is in their favor, even though the schedule gets much more difficult. They have about the ninth-hardest schedule in the league. Um, They have eight games. I talk about the difficult schedule. They only have eight home games, nine on the road. Five of those home games are going to be against the Buffalo Bills, the Eagles and the Cowboys, of course, and then the 49ers and the Dolphins. So a very tough schedule at home. And and as you mentioned, I played this team under six and a half wins. I can see five or six, but I, I just don't see them getting to seven. I think if everything goes perfectly, this is an average, maybe slightly above average team, but we know it typically doesn't go like that. I'm not in love with their quarterback. I think their head coach is below average. The offensive line is bad. I don't know what to expect out of Bienemy, and I I tend to think he's not going to change the world over there. I think he'll be very average as well. So under six and a half wins for the Commanders for me.
0: Uh, Brady, I think it's the latter, what you said. I think Bienemy is going to replicate what he did at Kansas City. And that's what my eyes are seeing in preseason. So if he's doing that in preseason, I mean, he's working on it. He's new on that sideline with the play, uh, with, you know, with the, you know, calling the plays for his new team. And I'm also hearing some of these things through the broadcast. Well, he's trying to get this guy, Logan Thomas, to be his Travis Kelly. You got different, got different personnel set, man, and you got to certainly have a different quarterback. So we'll see Uh, how I like his competitiveness, his moxie, his you know his fear for. I I like him, but he he's not a guy that's going to run away from the from. He's going to buy himself some time. He's not afraid to take a hit, and he's just not that big. Randy, though, you all in. I know one good thing. It's a breath of fresh air for some new ownership uh, in the nation's capital, that's for sure. And we saw a little bit of that that broadcast that Monday night game as well. You like the over with the Commanders this year?
1: Yeah, I think that breath breath of fresh, fresh air will get this team going a little bit. And you know, like we said, they get rid of the cancer there in Snyder, which uh, which uh, he's been a cancer for this team since nineteen. What they win the Super Bowl back in Mark Rip in nineteen ninety one? If I can remember, and they haven't done anything since so. I think it's a breath of fresh air. Hull, you know, we'll see what he has. You know, he got some experience last year. The offensive line I got ranked, you know, has to improve. I got him ranked uh, number 29. But they did bring over a couple guys, Gates from the Giants, Wiley from the Chiefs. That should help the run game and control some of that. And uh, that's why the enemy uh, probably was a focal point of bringing over Wiley. He liked him and uh, used him. And we'll see if, We'll see if Beany a big year for him. We'll see. You know, he's the assistant head coach. You know, if this goes sideways, is he going to be the head coach? You know, Mike Pritchard. You know, friend of ours said for many years he probably should be a head coach. And of course, he was. He was teammates with uh, with Beany there at Colorado. You know, I Ron Rivera's been so uh, a so so coach kind of his whole career. You know, I'm not a real big fan of him. I do like the cabinet though. I like. uh I like Del Rio as a defensive coordinator, you know, and they got those weapons on offense. And then Del Rio's got his front, you know, a front line, which I think is one of the best, probably the best in the division and one of the betters in the NFL, you know, with Chase Young back. And then you have Allen Payne and Sweat, and these guys are getting paid big money.
0: He has a lot of money, yep. And
1: then they brought in these two cornerbacks, you know, two from a – You know, one from uh, Mississippi State, which you probably know, Jimmy, and the other guy from Illinois, and uh, that should add some depth to this team as far as covering. I think they're going to play low-scoring grinder-type games. You know, I I don't know if they'll light up the scoreboard with this team, but I think they'll uh, win some close games this year that will turn this thing around and they'll get over it. And, of course, they have two home games late that will help them with that win total, and that's kind of scheduling in their favor you know, you never know. These teams might be already clinched. You never know about that as well. So uh, I like this team, a little rejuvenation, and I like them to get over that six and a half wins, just barely. You
0: know, we we um, we exaggerate a lot of things that are happening right now. You know, uh, out of training camp slash preseason, but that was that was uh, you thought the, uh, the 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 handshake or not handshake between uh, Joe Buck and the new owner was a little bit awkward i mean Rivera's comments were certainly awkward where you had to walk him back the next day where he was saying the enemy hasn't been a head coach like Del Rio uh, you know he, this is this is not that far removed for not realizing when his team was eliminated from the playoffs um, a year ago and so i, I I don't know, man. It just—it's just some some. Some some loose ends. But I mean, one thing is for sure. And I don't think it's uh, maybe I'm uh, uh, looking for too much uh, news right? just the kind of ragged uh, polo shirt that the owner looked like he picked up off the uh, the ground <laughs> of the laundry room. I don't think that's by accident compared to the bow tie and the, the buttoned up look of the scumbag owner before. So, I mean, that, I, am I reading a, in too much into a lot of these things, Brady? Or are there are there some legitimate legitimate caution flags about some of Rivera's comments?
2: Yeah, no, I I think you point out some things that, that make you think. And I, I think Ron Rivera is a guy that most people really like. I think he's a very likable guy. And I think he's probably a good leader of men. But I just don't think he's a great football coach. And, you know, to Randy's point, Rivera has had success in the past when he had a good cabinet around him. He had a lot of success uh, when he had Mike Shula as his offensive coordinator in Carolina. Um, but then when those guys left, you know, he, he went south. Now, he did get rid of Turner, his offensive coordinator from last year, who was, I think, uh, a, a problem. But I just don't know if the is going to be the big upgrade. And, you know, will the new ownership, uh, you know, in- inject some enthusiasm into this club? Probably so. Um, but you wonder how much of a distraction is going on, too. If, if there is, you know, some sort of issue with the enemy like Rivera referenced, and, you know, if he's not really what he's cracked up to be. And um, I, I'm with you guys. I like Jack Del Rio as well. I really like the combination from the start of Rivera and Jack Del Rio, a couple former Pac-10 guys, uh, a couple of Pac-10 linebackers. But I just don't think it has gone swimmingly, and uh, with with Sam Howell at quarterback, I agree with you, Jimmy. It's an upgrade, but Washington hasn't had a quarterback, gosh, you know, you mentioned since 1991, Randy. I mean, it, it almost seems like it's further back than that, like to Joe Theismann or something, and I, I think the running game is average. The offensive line we've talked about is pretty poor. Um, they're going to really have to rely on their defense, and that may be enough to get to seven wins. We'll see.
0: Keep in mind, uh, you know, they're also matched up with the NFC West. Okay, probably two t- two good teams, probably two bad teams there. So that's a wash. But the AFC East, I mean, that's I- – I would put the AFC East and the AFC North as uh, neck and neck on who are the best divisions uh, in the NFL. That's it for the NFC East. The best division. Division and football last year was not even close from a uh, record standpoint. For Brady Cannon and uh, for Randy McKay, I'm Jimmy Ott on the Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.